I have two questions for you this morning. Two rhetorical questions, which means, of course, you know, you don't answer them out loud, all right? These are just meant for you and I to sit and to think about them. Here are two questions. First question is this. Who are you? Who are you? And I don't mean what's your name. I don't mean where do you live. But I mean, who are you? How do you identify yourself? There are so many ways we as humans identify and decide who we are. There's many, many. Some of them we decide. Some of them are sort of decided for us. But there's many different ways that we define who we are. For example, we define ourselves by our accomplishments. You know, say, well, I've done this or I've succeeded at that or I've been good at that and that's who I am. This is what I do. Sometimes we define ourselves by our occupation. You know, our job, well, I'm a doctor, or I'm a lawyer, or I work for MTA, or I do this. And this is another way that we define ourselves. Sometimes if we don't have a job, we're going to school maybe, we define ourselves by our education. You know, this is the degree that I have. This is the school I went to. I certainly love to identify myself with the college that I went to. Go Syracuse. Thank you to the three of you. But these are ways in which we define who we are. Sometimes we define ourselves by our possessions. You know, we may not think it through, but, but we think, you know, we, we, well, I, you know, this is the car that I drive, or this is the, the home that I own, or the, the, uh, the apartment that I rent. Sometimes we define ourselves by our talents. Well, I'm a singer. I'm a performer. I'm an athlete. You know, or I'm a speaker, or I do this, or I do that. And we can, that's one way we can define ourselves. Another way we define ourselves is by our bodies. Well, I'm tall. I'm fit. I'm wide, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm not so wide. You know, we, we define ourselves by our bodies. Sometimes we define ourselves by our causes. Well, this is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. This is what I fight for. And that's who I am. It's another way we define ourselves. Sometimes we define ourselves by our relationships. You know, I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a wife. I'm a daughter. I'm a grandfather. I'm a grandson. And we have these ways that we define ourselves. Sometimes we define ourselves by our ethnicity. I'm white. I'm black. I'm Asian. I'm Latino. Whatever your ethnicity may be, this is another way that we define ourselves. Sometimes we define ourselves by our attraction, our attractions or our desires. I, I, maybe you're somebody who likes men. Maybe you're someone who's attracted to women. Maybe you're not attracted to anybody. But that's another way that people define who they are. We define ourselves by our religion. I'm Baptist. Oh, really? Because I'm Catholic. Really? Because I'm Pentecostal. And we have all these different categories that we can define ourselves. We certainly, at times, define ourselves by our politics, especially in this country, in this time, in our, in our nation. You know, I believe in this, or I voted for that guy, or I voted for that woman. You know, and these are ways that we align ourselves and define who we are. Sometimes we define ourselves by our heritage. You know, this is where I grew up. You know, this is, this is uh, what borough I'm from. This is what island I'm from. This is what state I'm from. This is a hard one for me. People ask me all the time, where are you from? And I'm like, I really don't know. You know, my family's from Florida. That's where my family is from. But right before I was born, my dad got a job in Mississippi. So they moved to southern Mississippi where I was born. Me and Elvis, I think the only two people I know of born in Mississippi. And But then about when I was about a year old, my dad got another job in Michigan. So I grew up in Michigan. 
So people go, well, where are you from? I'm like, I don't know. And then when I was in my teens, I moved back to Florida. And then at age 20, I moved to New York City. So where am I from? I don't know. I don't know where I'm from. I mean, the most important, biggest things in my life seem to have happened in New York. So at some point you go, all right, I'm a New Yorker. All right, I got married. I met my wife here. Uh, I got married here, became a Christian here, um, got my first ministry job here. Um, my daughter was born here, went to college here. So at some point I can go, okay, I'm from here. All right. So, but this is a tough one. You know, I have to go through that long explanation and the person's like, yeah, I just want to know where you're from. I didn't wasn't looking for a biography here. I recently, recently learned, uh, well, a couple years ago, I learned that um, I am related to Abraham Lincoln. Like, not directly, not from his lineage, but like, if you do the math and all the gymnastics, I am like, he is like my great, 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 super great, five or six great uncle-in-law or something. Like, I'm really related to his wife, but somehow that makes me sort of connected. Why? Because we like to find identity in sometimes in our heritage, heritage and who we're connected to. We even, we can find our, our, our identity in our roles in the church, right? You know, we look around and go, well, how important is that person? You know, well, what's their job? Well, this person's in charge of that, or this person's in charge of this, per, this amount of people, or this is their job. And we can find our identity in those things as well. We can even find our identity in our failures. Well, who are you? Well, I'm just a guy who fails. You know, I blew it. I was in our church office. We have an administrative office. And I was there uh, last year and I was turning in some paperwork and the paperwork was late. And so the woman who worked there, she said, Phil, you're going to need to write on the paperwork why it's late. You're turning it in, but we need an explanation why it's late. And I just, you know, said, well, can I write because I'm a loser? Can I just write that? Is that an official explanation? I mean, because I knew it was late. I felt bad for her. I'm like, I'm just a loser. And she looked at me seriously and she goes, no, because it's not true. You're not a loser. And I was like, well, you know, I'm joking, right? I don't, I don't, that was a joke. I, I don't really think I, I mean, she was like, no, no, this is no joke, you know? And I'm like, but that is a way that we define ourselves. So my question for us, my first question for us this morning is, who are you? Who are you? Who do you say you are? How do you define you? Take a moment. Think about that. Identity is much more important to you than you may even realize. You want, you want to find out how important your identity is? Get your credit card stolen for the first time in your life. Anybody ever had your identity stolen? Yes. When I was a teenager, when I was a teenager, I left my wallet somewhere once and I went back to go get it and it was gone. Somebody took my driver's license and went into a video store. This is in the olden days when, you know, videos were on, on tapes. Remember those days? And they went and they opened an account as me. And then I didn't know any of this until I eventually got a notice in the mail saying that I owed some money for an outstanding video rental. And I went to the company. It was a small little store. I'm like, how did they open it? What are the qualifications? And they said, you got to have a driver's license. I said, so they use my driver's license? And the, the, the person said, yes. I said, did anybody ever at some point look at the picture that's on the driver's license and go, wow, that's not you? Right? I mean, that's the purpose of the photo being on there. Somebody had walked in and pretended to be me and opened an account. Even this week, 
This week, I got a, a call from my, insur- uh, from my uh, credit card company, and they said, we just want to know, did you authorize these purchases in, in Germany? And I said, no, that was not me. He said, okay, so you didn't purchase this or this or this in, in Berlin? And I said, no, uh, that I, 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 you know, I'd love to travel. I like to travel, but that's not me. And so they immediately shut down uh, my credit card and then sent me a new one. And it's not just the stealing of, you know, it's not, it's not the, the taking of something or charging something. That's not really even the issue. If you've ever had your identity stolen, it's just the feeling of somebody pretending to be you. It just hurts. You know, somebody taking away or trying to take away your identity. So the truth is, whether you put any thought into it or not, your identity means more to you than you even realize. And so my question for you and for me this morning is this. Who are you? How do you identify yourself? You know, when you study about Jesus... It's amazing to see that Jesus knew who he was. Now, people might not have agreed with him, but that didn't, he didn't waver. He knew who he was. Listen to some of these passages in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 10. We actually read this at our midweek service on Wednesday night. Jesus met a woman at a well, and he's talking to her, and he's asking for some water, and she's like, well, wait a minute, you know, why do you want water? You don't even have anything to, to... to draw water from. Was that the angels? That was the angels. Scared me for a second. I'm like, wait. Totally lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Uh, Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. That's right. Thank you. You guys are paying attention. So Jesus is talking to this woman at a well, and, and the woman's like, hey, you, don't, you want water? You don't even have anything to draw water with. And Jesus says in verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. You know what Jesus is saying is, I know who I am. And if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me questions and not the other way around. That's how solid this man was in who he was, in his identity. Listen to John 8, verse 12. Jesus just plainly says, I am the light of the world. Not I'm the light of Jerusalem or I'm the light of Israel. I am the light of the world, Jesus said. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow. Again, you may not agree or believe, but this man knew who he was. He did not have a problem with his identity. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. That is some strong stuff. I am the path to God, is what Jesus was saying. I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus knew who he was. He did not have a problem with his identity. And so I'm asking you this morning, the first question I want to ask you is this. Who are you? How do you identify you? 
And then my second question, which is really the bigger question I want to ask you today. It's really what I want to get to, and that is this. Can I interest you in an upgrade? Who are you? Once you figure that out, can I interest you in an upgrade? You see, most of the things that I mentioned before in my list of ways that we identify ourselves is not even a complete list. They're just the things I could think of. You could probably think of some more ways in which we identify ourselves. The, 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 all those things that I listed, most of them aren't even bad things. I'm not saying that these are wrong to identify yourself in most of the ways that I mentioned before, but they all share one problem. They all share one problem. All of those ways that we identify ourselves, they share this problem. They're not gonna last. Your possessions, they're gonna rust. You, you're either, you're gonna retire one day and not have your job. Your relationships are gonna change. Your body that you prize yourself in, it's gonna change. These things are temporary. They will not last. The good news, and this is the point that I want to make to us today, is this. The good news is that in Jesus, he offers us a new identity. A new way to see ourselves. A spiritual identity. An eternal identity. A new outlook. A connection to God that will last forever. My question is, can I interest you in an upgrade? You know, here are some of the things that the Bible offers us, this new identity. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, as followers of Christ, that we are a new creation. A new creation. The old is gone. You're new. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says that in Christ there is no condemnation. Yeah, but I kind of feel some condemnation. Right, but we don't go based on your feeling, we go based on the scriptures, right? And the scriptures say in Christ there is no condemnation. This is this new identity. Romans chapter 6, verse 11, it says that we are alive. Not spirit, spiritually speaking. We're not dead. We are now alive. Matthew 5 verse 14. Jesus, you know, Jesus said he was the light of the world. And then part of the new identity, the Bible says, is that now we are the light of the world. That is your new identity. This is what Jesus offers. Romans chapter 8 verse 39 says that we have the love of God in our lives. This new identity. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4 it says this new identity gives us grace. Listen, we all need grace. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Yes, that's what we all need. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 10 it says that we are God's handiwork created to do good works. God made us for good things. That's what our new identity is. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says that we are actually representatives of God. That's your new identity, a representative of God. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 12 says we are actually children of God. That is your new identity. And this list goes on and on and on. This is the new identity. So I ask you again, can I interest you in an upgrade?
Whatever you identify yourself with now, this is much, much better. This is the good news of the Bible. Now, the astute observer will notice that this new identity is directly connected to the Word of God. Because it's in the Word of God that you discover your new identity. It's in the Word of God that you understand your new identity. Now, you know, you're going to read the Word of God, and it's going to tell you things that you're not going to feel, or you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have grown up with. But that's okay. That's why we change. We change to fit into the Bible, not the other way around. We don't go, we don't try to fit the Bible into our perspective. We change our minds and change our hearts to become like the Bible. And that's where we find out about this new identity from the Bible. Isaiah 40 verse 8, it says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. So if you and I connect our identity, who we are, to the words of God, it will endure forever. It will go beyond this life. When your car is rusted, right, or your, you know, the subway is broken down, or your job didn't work out, or whatever it is, however you identify yourself, when that's long gone, the word of God will still stand. That's the beauty of connecting your identity to God's holy word the word is eternal and here's the great news you got a copy right in front of you you got and if it's not in front of you well run home real quick all right because you no i'm kidding don't uh if it's not in front of you you can get a copy we can give you one you can download it on your phone I mean, it's that easy. It's right there. It's not some mystical thing that's unattainable. You have a copy right there. You and I got to be people who dive into it. Not just on Sundays when we get together. Certainly on Sundays when we get together. But not just on Sundays. It's got to be a who we are. Listen, the Apostle Paul was so moved by his new identity that he gave up his identity. He completely gave up his identity to embrace God's new identity. Listen to this, Philippians 3, verses 4 through 9. This is Paul writing. Paul says, if someone has, someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of, of, of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. That's what he says about his old identity. I consider it garbage. And his identity was amazing. He was like the top of the top, the cream of the crop. And he goes, none of that means anything to me compared to knowing Christ. He says that I may gain Christ and be found in him. That's his attitude about his old identity. He's like, I want this new identity. I want to be connected to Christ. He lists there. He says, listen, if, if you want to boast, let me give you something to boast. Let me, let me tell you about me. That's what he's doing. Now, I know you and I sitting here in the 21st century, we read through there and we go, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? You know, 
people of the people of Egypt, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew. What, what, what does that even mean? Listen, I could take some time to explain to you the context of all these things and how important they are, but I'm not going to because that's my point. My point is we're sitting here 2,000 years later going, I don't even know what that stuff meant. Yeah, that's how temporary it is. It doesn't matter. Think about that. 2,000 years from now, what are they going to say about the things that you value? They're going to be like, what? Facebook friends? I don't even know what that is. And you had how many of them? I guess that was important. All right. Okay. You felt the need to take a picture of your dessert and like send it out to every... Okay. Okay. I mean, if that's what you do, that's what they're going to say about us. They're going to be like, you use the thing called what? The interweb? What was this that, you know, what, I mean, all the things we value down the road, they're like, I don't even know what that means. That's the point. What are you going to hook yourself into? Is it going to be the temporary stuff that screams such value at this time, but you know down the road isn't going to last? Connect yourself to the value placed on you from the Word of God, because the Word of God last forever can i introduce you could yeah all right thank you that would have been great for the angels to have sung right then right that would have worked if i had played that listen the things that paul says about himself they were true and i'm not saying you know i mean he talks about being a, a hebrew of the tribe of benjamin a pharisee those are all true things I'm not saying that the ways that we don't identify ourselves aren't true. They are true about you. But they're just not how you define yourself. You no longer def- This no longer defined Paul. And that's what I'm calling us. Paul looked at him and said, I considered them garbage. Wow. When you compare them to knowing Christ. That's what I'm trying to help us understand this morning. Listen, there's, there is... There is a temporary benefit to this new identity. There's definitely an eternal benefit. Hopefully I've made that clear to you. But there's definitely a, there's a, there's an earthly benefit to this. Your new identity on this planet will guide you. Your new identity will give you an eternal perspective that will dictate your choices in your temporary dilemmas. Want me to say that again? I don't think I can. All right. Your new eternal perspective will dictate your temp- your choices in your temporary dilemmas. Let me let me help you. Let me illustrate this. You know, understanding who you are, understanding whose you are, will help you live the right life. Listen to this verse, Colossians 5, verses 1 through 4. Paul is writing and giving some very specific directions to Christians. And so listen to the direction he gives, but don't just listen to the direction that he tells us to do and not do, but listen to why he says you should do or not do these things. It says, uh, this is Colossians 5, 1 through 4, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us. And gave himself up as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, now listen to this, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. That's what, that's the call for Christians. There can't even be a hint 
of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenities, right? Stop cursing. There should be no obscenities, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You go, well, Phil, I don't know what that means. Yes, you do. You just don't want to... You just, you know, my want, you just don't want to do it. Yeah, you know what that means. You know what it means when it says not even a hint of sexual immorality. I know we live in New York City. It is everywhere. You can't walk down the street without sexual things around you on billboards or signs or buses and, and, and people. I mean, it is everywhere. But as Christians, we're to be different. We can't even let there be a hint of sexual morality or of any kind of impurity or of greed. Why, though? Why? 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 He says, because these are improper for whom? God's holy people. You see, if you understand your new identity, it'll help you in making your choices as you walking down the street. It will help you go, no, I am God's holy people. This is not how I act. These are not the decisions that I made. So having this new identity doesn't just have eternal consequences, but it can help you day to day. Ask yourself, is this what God's holy person would do? Is this what a child of God, it says here, it says in verse 1, you are dearly loved children. Is this what God's dearly loved children would do? No. So embracing this new identity will help us make daily decisions. Because we realize, no, no, this is not, I'm, I'm God's chosen. I'm God's, I'm precious to God. This is not how I'm going to live. These are not, this is not who I'm going to be. These are not the choices. This new identity can help us live the right life. This new identity can help us solve problems amongst us. Surprise, there are problems in here. Surprise, there are issues. You know why? Because we're people. We have issues. And when we, when we become Christians, our issues just don't go away. We still have the same issues. And sometimes they come out because we can collide with each other, even right here in the church. But this new identity can help us, not just in the church, but when we have issues with people outside of the church. Listen to this, Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. This is the early days of the church. It says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. All right, so they have a problem. So some of, some of the widows were not being fed when they were giving out food every day. It says, so the 12, that's the apostles, those are the guys in charge, the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are, eight, who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention, it says, and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. You see, this was a difficult, a potentially difficult problem. Here you have multiple, you know, this had the ability to become an epic problem. First of all, you have a a racial issue going on, an ethnic issue. You've got 
you've got Hellenistic Jews and you've got you got Jew, you know Hebrew Jews and you've got Greek Jews in the church having a problem. All right, so it's got like a, a, a racial side to it. It also has a gender side to it because the only people not getting fed were women. It were they were widows, not widowers. It was women that were being overlooked. So this has all the potential to be a bad thing. But the leaders came together and they did not neglect the problem, but they knew that their identity was different. It was bigger. Their identity was connected to, they said specifically, the word of God and prayer. And so they're not saying that they're above waiting tables. They weren't trying to say, oh, that's just below my pay grade. I don't, I don't serve food. I'm not a servant. No, that's the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. They just knew who they were and they knew what they needed to do and they knew what they needed to be focused on. And so they came up with this idea that it was the birth of what we now call the deacon. We say, hey, listen, this is what we're going to do. We want you to pick spiritual men and they will make sure this problem is dealt with. But we are going to stay focused on the bigger things. It's not to, to diminish the problem, but the bigger thing was the ministry of the word and prayer. And so their identity even helped them in a dilemma. So my point is this, is if we embrace this new identity that God has given us, it can help you when you have problems. You think about, who am I? I am God's child. I am a child of God. I need to be focused on things that glorify God and that are eternal. That, does that mean I dismiss what this brother is saying to me or what this sister is saying? Of course not. But we can come to a resolution much easier when we have an eternal perspective on things. Sometimes we get so caught up. And well, yeah, well, she just didn't say it right, though. Okay, she should say it right. You probably didn't listen right. I mean, we can all do it more right, but even that's temporary. We gotta have it. We gotta be spiritual people, embracing an eternal identity of who we are, what God has called us out of, and what He has made us. This new identity can help us resolve problems. It can help you, this new identity, persevere in your struggles. You having a hard time with something? We all have struggles. We all have them. The man or the woman who says, I have no struggles, is wrong. You're just not telling us what they are. We all have struggles. And often the call in struggling is to persevere. That's what the Bible teaches us. But your identity can help you. Listen to Jesus as he's headed to the most difficult thing he'll ever go through on this planet. And probably ever, ever will go through. He's headed to the cross. Listen to him as he's questioned in Matthew 27 verse 11. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And his response was, Yes. It is as you say. Jesus' identity helped him persevere. He knew who he was. He knew where he was going. He knew why he was there. And his identity helped him persevere the most difficult thing he'd ever go through, ever. That's because he knew who he was. Your pain is temporary, so hold on to what is eternal. Hold on to it. My point today is this. If you're not a Christian, become one. You're welcome for that deep insight. 
Now, my, my point is, if you're not a Christian, you need to realize that your current identity has an expiration date. It will end. It'll stop. That's why I'm, 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 I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Connect yourself to something eternal. Something eternal. And that is the word of God. If you are a Christian, to you I'm saying, stay one. You're welcome for that. <laughs> it's worth the wait. It's worth it. It is worth it. Life is hard, but hang in there. You, you've connected yourself to something that's going to outlast the pains of this life. And if you're not sure whether you're a Christian or not, hey, let us teach you. This is what we do here. We don't just get together and sing, although we do like to get there. That's another thing, but we do teach people the Bible. We teach, we teach people the Bible. We actually have a series of studies where we'll sit down with you and take you from zero to a point where you can make decisions about whether you want to follow Jesus or not. We're not going to force you to. It's, it's totally up to you. You can't force someone to follow Jesus. But we can answer your questions and help you. We can do that. But you just got to turn yourself in. It's okay to learn, even as an old person. It's okay to learn. I just moved back to New York City after 23 years of living in New York City. I'm, 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 I'm having to learn a lot. I was on the Upper West Side a couple, a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to get, I'm sorry, the Upper East Side, and I wanted to get to the Upper West Side, but I didn't want to go down around the park and the subway. I thought, I'll just hop on the bus, right? So I got on the, the, the Cross Central Park bus. I get on the bus. I pull out my Metro card. I go to swipe it, and the, the machine's like taped over. Like it's closed up. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Why is that? And the door's closed, and everyone in front of me is just sitting down. So I'm like, oh, okay. I like, I'm thinking maybe today is free bus ride day in New York City. And I'm like, maybe I, should I check 311? You know, I mean, like, this is cool, man. All right, awesome. I'm like, and the whole time I'm like, this is... This is, you know, this is really like, all right, I, maybe, maybe the cross Central Park bus is free. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm sitting, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going on the other side of the park, right? I get to the, the first stop on the Upper West Side and the bus driver comes over the intercom and says, all right, they're going to be, they're going to be getting on to inspect your tickets. And I'm like, tickets, wait, what? And it became clear to me without anybody telling me that I was supposed to have a ticket. Like, where was I supposed to get this ticket? The thing was closed. And I'm not kidding. The bus stopped. The doors opened. And this is one of these long buses with multiple exits. And the, the, and, and, and the, the bus police got on. I don't know what, you know. I'm, these guys have badges. They're getting on and they're going person to person. And I'm like, oh, no. And there just happened there just happened to be a guy on crutches that was trying to get off the bus. And he slipped and he fell and made, you know, and he actually threw his crutch. You know, he made a little commotion. So all the police looked at him. So I decided to do the right thing and seize the moment and go out the back door. Right? And um, <laughs> again, I'm like, the Lord has provided an opening. Take it. <laughs> So I jump out the back door, but there's a bus police waiting for me right there. I'm like, oh. He's like, hey, man, where are you going? I was like, uh, yeah, I got to go. And he goes, yeah, can I see your receipt? And apparently what you're supposed to do on these particular buses is there's the, the machine there. You swipe your car. You know you're nodding your head because you all know this. 
You got to understand, the last time I lived in New York City, we used tokens to ride the subway, all right? That's how long ago it was. Things have changed a little bit in New Yeah, some of you, some of you still trying to use tokens, I know, but me included, right? I'm like, these don't work anymore, ma'am? Like, no, they do not work. But I, so I got, and he was like, well, and I was like, uh, sir, I, I tried to swipe it. The thing that made me mad is the bus driver sat there and watched me. He didn't say a thing, just sat there and watched me be like, where does, where does my card go? It doesn't really go in here. He's like, didn't say a thing to me. Could have said, yeah, yeah. So the policeman's like, yeah, you, uh, you, you're supposed to swipe your card beforehand, get a receipt, then get on the bus. That's why those things, I'm like, he goes, see, the sign says it. And sure enough, on the outside of the bus, about, you know, an inch big, there's a sign. <laughs> there is a sign that says, get your ticket before. I'm like, how was I, I, how, I didn't even, I mean, and he's like, here, let me see your card. And he, he made me sweat it out a little bit. He took my driver's license and I was already making up all the excuses in my head as to why he just swiped my card, took the recess and all right, go. So I was gone. But what I'm saying is, I'm saying you're never too old to learn stuff. Sometimes you got to learn it the hard way, or you can sit down with people here, and we will just teach you the easy way. We'll open the scriptures up, and we will teach you about the Bible. But I must warn you, I must warn you, there are those out there, as you are trying to embrace this new identity, there are those out there that want to steal your new identity. In fact, there is one in particular, Satan who is the ultimate identity thief. He is trying to steal it away from you. And if he can get you to doubt who the Bible says you are, then he can get you. He tried it with Jesus. Remember after Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 4, he went out in the desert to be tempted, and he was tempted three different times. Three different times by Satan. And two of those three times, if you read it, Satan says to Jesus, If you are the son of God, then dot, dot, dot. What is he doing? He's challenging his identity. If you really, you you say you're the son of God, but if you are, let me, he's, he's trying to steal Jesus's identity from Jesus. So if he's going to do that to Jesus, he's going to try it with you. So that's why I warn you, there is an identity thief out there. But you and I, we got to be strong. And we got to hold on to God. Who are you? However you define that, can I interest you in an upgrade? 1 John 3, verse 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Thank you. Amen.